Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, pod people, and welcome back to everybody's favourite podcast that features two middle-aged men laughing at their own jokes and talking about old telly ads. Yes, we've returned to block up your feed like the results of an ill-advised after-work session at the Brass Monkey, followed by a particularly nasty kebab. In this week's drama-filled episode, Tones lets his guard down and reveals that he's still not recovered from the shock of finding out that Tommy Cooper didn't do the voiceover for the Lego Kipper ad. He snaps out of it just in time to seize the opportunity to go full Bill Clinton during the intro, then indulges himself with some vintage Jimmy Savile Operation U-Tree references before insulting the entire population of Ireland. Perhaps more importantly, we're treated to some phone-in action when the one and only Wolf Carla calls up to personally thank us for reviving his career after the positive review of his performance in the 1993 Ferrero Rocher advert. Apparently Wolf is now the go-to guy when you need someone to play an elderly Nazi. So, excelente. Join me, Steve Cook, and my co-host, award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director Tony Williams. No, 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 not that one. The other one as we take a look behind the cat litter box of history and rewind to 1993 with an advert that set a new record for lack of casting diversity whilst managing to bin more cash in production than had ever been spent before in the making of an Australian television ad. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Dixon from Qantas and John Singleton from Singleton, Ogilvy and Mather had a love child. And it wasn't rock and roll, it was an advert that became an icon of Australian advertising, central to the building of a global brand. And it all came about because the chairman of Qantas has no mates and had nowhere to go on New Year's Eve in 1997. So, two big egos and a shed load of cash, global locations, busloads of cute children, Boab trees, the outback, random blokes on horses, footy, Don Bradman, Sankekovic, Lamingtons, Drop Bears, Mullets, V8 Utes, the Sydney Harbour Bridge, Mrs. Mangle, the Wiggles, I still call Australia home. 
All the ingredients are here. But after Singo had edited out all the ugly kids, did the end product have the consistency of a week old Qantas bread roll? Or was it as light and fluffy as Jeff Dixon's Filofax? Get your jingo on and join us as we review a Qantas TV advert from 1998. Oh, in round. <laughs> 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 that was dizzy by Bob Mortimer uh, and Big I don't, I'm not sure that uh, Bob Mortimer would consider that to be his, his lasting legacy. Well, that's all I remember him. Yeah, last impressions last. Okay, welcome back, Tones. Hello, Stephen. Classic ads from Simpler Times. Classic ads. After a slight ads. detour, we are back. Like a comfortable pair of shoes. Uh, I'm, I want to point out to both our listeners that I'm sitting on a brand new chair. Oh, are you? Which will no longer make fart noises. No, if you hear it, it'll just be me. If, yes, if you do hear a fart, it's a real one. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't do any neck, but he's also been involved in an RTA. I have been involved in an RTA, which is a bit annoying. A little bit of whiplash. Let's, shall we do some admin first? We've had another um, <laughs> telephone another telephone message. They've been ringing off the hook. Off the hook. We've got a bit of a, a backlog. Enya is ringing every couple of days at the moment, <laughs> and they're getting more and more abusive. But um, Colonel Dietrich has been in touch. The one from the uh, Ferrero Rocher ad. Well, Colonel Dietrich from Raiders of the Lost Ark with the melting face, who incidentally was in our very first episode, Ferrero Rocher. He was. Ambassador's party. He left a message. What did he say? Here he goes. Um, This is on the answer machine, so it's a bit ropey. We still have an answer machine. We we do have an answer machine. (laughs) It's a virtual. Did did you get a page to tell you that? It's a virtual. My beeper went off to tell me that we... Okay. It's a coin to use the phone. (laughs) Here we go. Colonel Dietrich. What's his real name? Does he say... I can't remember if he says his real name in the message. Oh, he's hungry. Here we go. Hello. Hello. It's me. That's right. Hello. It's German. It's very own TV Wanderkin. Nein. Not Colonel Stink. The other tyrant from Deutschland. And no, not that one either. <coughs> the answer the classic from the time switch simpler. It's me, Wolf Kyler. You know, star of the indie movies. No, not the indie movies Uncle Fitz used to shoot silly. Indiana Jones. Yeah, Wolf. I'm calling to say a very big dankeschön for featuring me as a star as a fire watch your television commercials. You see, as a tall, blue-eyed, and let me say, quite handsome German, I'm always getting the nasty parts, actually, the Nazi parts in the movies, and it's just not fair. The dirty dozen, Nazi officer named Dietrich. The devil of doom, Nazi officer, Dietrich. It's not me. I'm so much more than that. So, I was excited I could finally be coming the good guy with the little turkey commercial. It was wunderbar. Oh, wait, should I say? Excellent. Ha! Look, guys, is this the cross line? No, it was just me, Paul's playing the ambassador. See? Finally, not a bad German for a change. This time, all I had to do was head over to my European neighbor's place and take the gold. What gleefully enjoying the moment. Is it busy? Well, my sweetest, I'm at work, so I must go and get back into uniform. I mean, costume. All I ask is next time you see a nasty Nazi, just see the man behind the melted face. Wolf Kyler. Off we sing. Smell like a sound. As lost in the crowd, I'm hungry like this wolf. <laughs> wow, that was a long message. And he sounded, really, your message has steamed up. He sounded remarkably camp. Well, highly but, you know, it takes all sorts, doesn't it? Yes, that was a very long message. Your take must have run out. Uh, it's nice to get some feedback. <laughs> listeners of a certain age will love the reference to Colonel Clink. 
<laughs> it had it all in there, didn't it? Oh, that was amazing, wasn't it? Nobody knows what it's like to be the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, stereotyped. Yeah, stereotyped. that was a little bit, wasn't it? He did mm. put himself into a little bit of a hole there. <laughs> I think oh, just let that in fifteen. I think there's a chance that we'll be hearing from Colonel Dietrich again. Do you think so? Well, I think so. Well, I hope so. So he's called Colonel Dietrich in, in both his, his parts. He played a Nazi officer called Dietrich. That's unbelievable. And what's his proper name? What's his real name? Wolf Kohler. I wonder if he's alive. My friends call me Corker. I wonder if he's. <laughs> I if he's alive. I think he must be. Probably, well, yeah, obviously. Otherwise, he wouldn't have left the message. Okay, that Moving was the um, that was this week's admin. Mm. We're gonna uh, we're gonna be transported now back to 1998. I thought we were with your answering machine. <laughs> with my beeper. <laughs> 1998. That was a good year. Um, any American listeners out there will remember a smashing ad for Smart Beep. Do you remember Smart Beep? No. It was on everybody's um, reel for a long time. It's the one where the guy rocks up in the car for the blind date, goes up, knocks on the woman's door, and she comes out and she's gorgeous and they. Um, he opens the car door for her. She gets in the mm. car and drops a massive fart. Mm. And then he walks around the car, gets in the car, and it turns out that it's a double date. There's two people in the back of the car. Nice. Just, uh, to drop the big, nice. big trump. That was, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm back with Steve. Um, that's, um, that's unbelievable. The best that she could have got out of it. The Smart best beep. story somebody told me was that they were a wedding and it was all, can we have the, the groom's family and everyone together? It's all ready for this picture. And um, the groom lets a ripper off of farts. Everyone heard it. And he said, just loud enough so most people could hear, don't we love, they'll think it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. But no, I didn't, I've never heard of Smart Beat before. I remember the ad. Um, 1998, we're back in 1998. This was the year that the ABC dubbed John Howard the uncoolest man in Australia. Well, for once I agree so with So that's the a ABC. clue. We're going to do a bit of Australian news because this week we're looking at an Australian ad. Anyway, John Howard was the uncoolest man in Australia because he turned down the opportunity to meet with the Spice Girls. Why did he turn the opportunity? Sorry, hang on, let's rewind. Not why did he, how did he even well, have the he opportunity? Said he, was, he said he was too busy. The Spice Girls were promoting the Spice Girls movie. Spice World. Uh, Spice World. And had previously met the Queen, Prince Charles, Nelson Mandela, <laughs> and Dalai Lama. That was a party. <laughs> Wouldn't I be so, there? So do you want to give us... Um, do, do, you <laughs> want to, do, you, do you want to... I don't know what to want, but I really want to want. <laughs> Oh, the zig is like, ah, Wendy! How would that conversation have gone with Nelson, Nelson Mandela introducing Winnie to the Spice Girls? Winnie! <laughs> Did Wendy push? I can't remember the other ones. There's posh, sporty, sporty, baby, angry. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on. Take my explanation. Um, another high point of the year was for George. Uh, for George. There's for, another one? For um, John Howard was he was apparently on... This is the year that the GST was introduced for a British listener. The GST is the same as VAT. VAT. He was introducing the GST, talking about it on the radio show, and he stormed off after being asked whether the introduction of GST would affect the price of heroin. It's a big well, issue. Did you storm off the cheque? It's a big issue in Sydney. Yeah, right. You could have just said, no. I know, because so he had a tantrum. Uh, anyway, in 1998, we still had the pop charts. I thought we'd go through the pop, the charts. pop charts. The pop really? charts, really? Yes. It's not 1978. <laughs> okay, pop pickers up this week. Three places up to number two is... Um, there were 16 number one Australian singles in 1998. Ooh, I want you to sing me as many as you can. Um, I'd never heard of the first one. La Copa de la Vida by Ricky Martin. 
Don't, I don't know. This, um, no. Look, does, no, not a Vida Loca. I don't okay. know. Next, um, it's like that. Run DMC featuring it's Jason like that, Nevins. Because that's the way it is. <laughs> it's a great breakdance video. Yep. Iris by Goo Goo Dolls. I get my linen to see her. Something like that. Excellent. Um, I don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith. And I don't want to miss a thing. I didn't realise that Liv Tyler is his uh, daughter. Uh, yeah, we she, and she was a so for both our listeners. Who was who is Liv Tyler? What was her fa- her most famous role? Her most famous role was a cheese and ham. Oh, not Liv. Oh, works down the sandwich shop. Sorry, Liv Tyler, the actress. Um, I don't know what was Liv, the first one. Liv Tyler. Yeah, she played um, the fairy queen the fairy in, queen Lord, in, of, in, Lord, in Lord, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the Lord of Rings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How could somebody so beautiful spring from the loins of Stephen Tyler? Well, have you who, seen his lips? Because when we're looking like, when we're talking about people with melted faces, mm. he literally looks like his face has been pushed into yeah. a barbecue. <laughs> Don't you reckon? Uh, Never Ever by All Saints. Oh, I, I don't know. No, you're still the one by Shania Twain. Still the one I want to. I don't know the words, of course. Still the one. Okay. Hi by Lighthouse Family. Oh, brilliant song. You might have to edit this, but I can't remember. But I love the Lighthouse Family. They did a great album. Uh, yeah. Sorry, okay. good song. Um, All My Life by KC and JoJo. No, I don't know. All My Life. I've no. been missing the lift one because the right ones, but yeah, don't know. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Oh, oh we know and that one. I, oh. I, I will always love you. Uh, five, six, seven, eight by Steps. Um, no. Nah. No. This, um, I remember this song and it prompted me to go back and look at the video. And the video is pretty good, actually. Pretty Fly for a White Guy by The Offspring. Really flat. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Uno, dos, cinco, cinco, seis. Where you getting into and you sit down to pee. Yeah, I know that bit. Because that's also a really good name for your home network. It's always pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. That's a very common network name. Yes. Yeah. Pretty fly for a white guy. Dr. Jones by Aqua. Call me, sister, did it. Call me, I don't know. No, their previous song was Barbie Girl. Barbie Girl. Oh, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Once again, I'm it's fantastic. I'm plastic. You I'm a Barbie you, girl. You continue to astonish me, Tones, with the amount of shite that you managed to trap on the hard disk that is your brain. Who would have even thought that you would remember, remember that? Remember that? Um, what's his Barbie name? Barbie girl was the first single. Ford, aliens. Best um, voice ever. Roller Coaster by Bewitched. Roller Coaster? <laughs> um, no, don't know. Believe by Cher. Because <laughs> believe I can fly. No, I believe that, I can that fly. That was the first and then, uh, auto tune. It was. There was the first auto tune. Real. Yeah, it was the first. She's like the female Elton John, isn't she? I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind. Does that believe? Yeah. <laughs> What's another great chef song? <laughs> I don't know. Great song. Because I believe in love to love. Cause love, love, not enough. No, 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 no. I was a backing singer, actually. I remember now. Originally, she was part of the duo, wasn't it? Sonny Cher. Was she married you to Sonny? I got you, but I got you, babe. Um, name twenty-five commercials that that song's been used in. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the final one on my list is Top Thumping by Chumbawamba. I get knocked out, but I get up again because you're never going to keep me down. I drink a whiskey drink, I drink a lager drink. 
That's another one where name 75 commercials that that song's been used in. That's from um, Transbottom, wasn't it? Outside the colonies, 1998 was the year that Google was founded. Was it really? How how do they search for that web address? (laughs) I think you might have to cut some of the singing out. It's, It's... I'm not real. I'm, 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 pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that both of our listeners will find it really entertaining. The movie Titanic won 11 Oscars in 1998. I put this in specially for you, the next one. Are you ready? Bill Clinton was impeached on charges of perjury and obstruction of justice. Why, Tones? I did not have sexual relationships with that woman. I said, sack the cook. He went a bit George Bush then, didn't he? <laughs> sack the cook. <laughs> <laughs> You went to George Bush. Suck the cook. But you got to do. I did not have sexual relationships with that woman, Hillary. I said, Hillary, come on, babe, you and me. I got it all. I don't want Monica. (laughs) Come on, no no need to thank me. Yeah, I thought that one is specifically. Uh, 1998 was the year the Apple iMac was launched. Did you have an Apple iMac? I had an Apple iMac. I had a little. What color was it? You tell me, what colour iMac did I have? I think that you were a raspberry kind of guy. Oh, you're so wrong. Oh, really? I had, um, like, the dark blue steel one. I had the dark blue one as well, but it wasn't... I don't remember any steel being on it. it was well, no, the dark blue steel, blue steel. 110% plastic. Is that the... Uh, that the yeah, that was from 1998. Oh, so, listener, Tony's is just showing me his photographs of um, Jennifer Love Hewitt and himself out on the town. Is that now? I mean, a thrombo. There you go. That was Tony's that was a sign. a thrombo because we're not supposed to bring that up. That was a sign. Uh, Sex and the City started and Seinfeld ended. Oh, how did Seinfeld end? Don't care. Oh. Boom, 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 boom. Do you not like it? I, I just never never got into the whole Seinfeld cult. Did you? Um, and also that bass line. I can't do it. Just, just found it really annoying. It was like, it was like, listening, it was like listening to Level 42. Yeah, with a bit of Mark. Good. Yeah. Just a bit of slap. They call it slap, don't they? Um, it, was, it was good. Fuck off. I didn't mind it. Um, they had a huge view in order. Do you remember when Jerry Seinfeld had a bit of an epi on... Um, uh, Is that a technical term? A bit of an epic. A bit of a, a bit of a. No, he didn't like it when. Um, who's the uh, Larry King said um, when he was interviewing him, and he said, uh, "The way it finished, did you did you choose or did the nation, uh, um, the, the network push it?" And Jerry suffered. You know, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you know who I am? He said, "Finish! Oh my God! Have you done your research? Are you kidding me?" And he's like, "Yeah, well, the biggest viewers show in history." And he's like, "You went mad." And then when um, Larry King died. He said, oh, me and Larry have always been friends. He's constantly wearing jeans that are too tight. I don't like him. I don't know why. I just don't Kramer like him. was good. Jerry, let the cat right out of the bag. <laughs> he was good. But then he, um, but George, Cra- George Costanza, I found really annoying as well. Well, that's the whole point. You're supposed to. Is it? But then um, Kramer, when everyone sort of had to go off in their own little separate directions to do their own careers, he, he um, did stand-up comedy and he did something terribly racist. Um, and got, it, it killed his career. He's like talking about noose and it was awful. Really bad. She's the only one. Uh, what's she called? Julie Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Eclipsed the lot of them. Okay, this year, this is the year that Frank Sinatra died. Come die with me, let's die, let's die away. He's about three baths a day, apparently, and changes um, silk boxer shorts several times. Did. <laughs> For those of you who thought this was the music you watched. <laughs> Old blue eyes. Oh, fucking hell. I've missed you, Tones. <laughs> the star of the movie, Free Willy, oh. was Keiko the Killer Whale. Our next girlfriend went to that. Boy, he, was she disappointed. He was released back into the wild. Yeah? Yep. Um, and finally, the first portable MP3 player was launched. 
was made by a South Korean company whose name I couldn't find, but apparently had 32 megabytes of flash memory. Wow. And cost US $250. So, sorry, 32 megs. Because the original MP3 algorithm crunched a song down to like 8 megs or something, didn't it? I know, That's right. I know now they're like 1.5 megs or something. something yeah. Anyway. But, um, okay, yeah. there you go. That was 1998. The advert. We're talking about a Qantas advert. A Qantas advert. An Australian advert. An Australian advert for Qantas the airline. The campaign produced by Publicis Mojo featured James Morrison, who's a trumpeter. A trumpeter. Kate Sobrano, who's a singer, and James Blondell, who I think was... I don't. I really don't know who he was. So, James Blundell is apparently an Australian country music singer who became famous after being named Best New Talent at the 1987 Country Music Awards of Australia. I was going to play you some of his music at this stage, but it really is quite awful, so you're off the hook on that one. More pertinently, in 2013, James stood for election to the Australian Senate, running for Bob Catter's Catters for Australia party. Think of Bob Catter as the pound shop Nigel Farage and the living embodiment of the idea that the desire to run for political office of any kind should automatically disqualify you from being allowed to do so. The Catters for Australia party platform was anti-abortion and pro-guns. So, it's safe to assume that James Lundell is a complete fucking bellend. And they were singing Peter Allen's popular song, I Still Call Australia Home. That's not the ad that anybody remembers. Is that from 1977? That is from 1997. 1997. Sorry, I think it said 77, right? So, so that 1997. Was so so that was by Australia. way of introduction. That song, I still call Australia Home. It was popular before. Was popular well before. Oh, okay. Written by... Oh, God. Sorry, I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> that is not the ad that everybody remembers. What's the ad that everybody remembers, Tones? The one that everybody remembers That we're is... going to discuss today... A Catholic priest's dream, <laughs> if I'm not it's, wrong. It, it, Operation New Trees theme tune. I mean, this, was, yeah, this, was the, this was the field that was ploughed to plant the yew tree. Here's the ad for your delectation. Have a look on our YouTube channel and see what Sir Joe Bjorki Peterson's 1998 actually looked like.
It has um, a lot of young children dressed in, I don't know if they are choir boys and choir girls' gowns. I don't think so. One of them looks like a chef, I think. The girls looks like the chef. And they're spread around, um, scattered, you know, like um, social distance, like before, ahead of its time, around different landmarks around the world and around Australia. And they sing, still call Australia home. Still call Australia home. Which isn't a bad song. I've got to say, I, I do like the song. And you find yourself humming it, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some petition at some point for it to be the national anthem, um, like there always is. Anything except for Australia Fair. I think ACD songs, everything. And I watched the, I watched the ad again, and you know what? I don't like it. I thought I did, but it just bothers me now. Well, first of all, I, um, I liked it, and then I didn't like it, because as a creative, you look at it, you go, wanker's creative team just gone, where in the world do we want to go? Yep. And it's like, there's we a, open, a second and a half We shot. open on the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. Right, it's always, yeah, let's go to New York, let's go to Europe. So we go to um, the France, Paris, whatever, and there's a second and a half shot of some beautiful, I don't know, landmark, and then... It doesn't. I mean, I know it's an airline and and what have you, and that's that's all fine. But why young kids? And there's a few shots where they keep coming back to young kids, semi naked in swimming pools and lagoons. And I'm going, that's that, that two or three times they keep going back. I'm going, oh, I don't get it. And, and then I ask, why are they kids? Because okay, kids don't fucking fly. So um, let's get our cards on the table here. Tones has already said that he doesn't like it. I fucking hate this thing. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Um, just in the interests of veracity, the ad featured the national. Australian Boys Choir and the Australian Girls Choir singing the song, the Peter Allen song, I Still Call Australia Home, on the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. Mm. We open on the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. You can mm. see the pitch. Uh, the Great Wall of China, mm. the canals of Venice, the prairies of Argentina, mm. which they could have fucking shot out the back of my house. But it is unclean. <laughs> Well, you've got um, a bunch of people trying to emigrate to your the, house. The temples in Thailand and at the King's Canyon in the Northern Territory of Australia. Because at the last shot, I, I thought, is this Uluru? Is it, is it, is it, is it when it pulled up, pulled out, and it wasn't? It was, yep. it was some of the. And there's a, rock. there's a bit of, um, a bit of chat on the internet, people saying, oh, lovely shot of the Kimberley. And, um, it's not really the Kimberley. It's, I didn't need nothing. It's in name. the Northern Territory. But it's, uh, can you make, can you name any other lines from the song besides "I still call Australia home" because there's that setup is because this 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 and this this and I still call Australia. Do you remember any of the words? No, no, no I can't. It's I a, you know I like getting pissed on Friday yeah. or you know. and I still call Australia. And there is the shots of Australia, which I think is supposed to be classic Australia, which shows a gang of guys on a horseback, supposed to be outback people. Like the shot looks like they're surprised as if the director's gone, okay, go now, 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 oh, come out, yeah. And like they, they all race on the horses towards this group of kids and you think, oh, they're going to hit them now and they veer off to either side and left or right, except the left-hand group is closer than the right-hand group. And it's just, it doesn't deliver what it promises. Is it beautifully shot? You know what? It's not. They look, I've got to say, and this isn't just a time thing, they look like the stock images which would have been illustrated over that came from the storyboard. They don't look like genuinely beautiful shots that, you know, you'd go there and you find, you know, what what looks best. Um, they go from, I think they feature a close-up of the kids' faces more than they do actually the location. And you've got to really study it to know that they are travelling around. And as an airline, you know, everyone does it. Singapore Airlines does it. The absolute best is where they go around the world and, and you know, show the locations. And why wouldn't you? But it does nothing for me at the end. You know, still call Australia home. It's, you know, if I want to fly anywhere from this side of the world, I won't use Qantas because they're the most expensive. Thanks very much. Doesn't matter that you've got a CEO, CEO from Ireland. That doesn't make any difference at all. No. For me, they are pretty much the worst airline, and it's nothing to, to really boast about. But I think they do have the record, do they not, of being the only airline to never have an international air disaster. 
if it has happened today on the news, conditions apply. <laughs> but that would be that'd be too weird. But I think they've never had a, a major incident, that, lives lost. I don't think they have had a lives lost incident. However, uh, the, the bloke that you mentioned there, the Irish CEO, is doing his best, his level best. They had one that where an engine fell off not long ago. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I want to. I want to talk about that a little bit later on. About when we talk about the. Uh, my feeling is that. Just to flag something that we'll talk about later on, I think they're trashing the brand at the moment. It's interesting you mention the film because it opens with a really nice, to me, it opens with a really nice shot on the Brooklyn Bridge. It's very, very cinematic, mm. it's very big, very large scale. And then you're right, after that, it all peters out. Yeah. It all gets a bit... It feels as though the client has interfered massively in it. Well, oh, don't say it's that. Like, oh, we need to we need to show a boab tree. Oh, we need to show a bloke yeah. on a horse. Uh, and I think oh, they go back yeah. to that tree, and then it's like kids playing a game where they jump in the sand, which could have been done in the garden unless the client's yeah. child's in it. There were two versions of this ad. There was a three-minute spot and a 60-second spot, and the ad first aired during the Australian broadcast of the opening of the 1998 Commonwealth Games. I'll tell you something as well that, that bugs me is... I, I don't know if at that time was Anset still around. Not sure. So Anset is is was the other Australian airline, which I had a lot of frequent flyer points with. Thanks very much. And when that went under, and all the um, the chairman and uh, his board of members took very nice golden hard shakes, very much. Or should say golden parachutes. I lost all my points. And not only that, every passenger that flew out of Australia had to pay an Anset tax to pay the government back for all the debts. So we're left with one airline essentially which is Qantas, right? So I still call Australia home. You might as well call any, anything you want because we've got no other choice. So it's, it's pulling on patriotism, but okay, well, who else am I going to use? Mm. There you go. Thanks very much. Sorry, can you just put that soapbox away? It feels like we've gone through 23 episodes just so you could get that off your chest. No. We've just built up to that. No, no, just I haven't even started on the experiences I've had. You know, can I, can I have another blanket? One per customer. <laughs> Well, the fact you have to pay five hundred dollars to get into their members' lounge, whether you're flying business or not. I was flying around the world. Via okay, we can talk about Sydney. this. We, we no, can talk. I, we can talk about this. Oh, we can talk oh, about okay. this a bit later on. Okay. Um, so, first, Ed, during the common in the uh, ad break of the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games, and then in 1999 in January, they ran it during the what? ad break in the Super Bowl, and it reached an estimated 31.7 million viewers. Okay, and how did that increase? What were their American roots? Or else. No, no idea. It's quite interesting mentioning the roots. Peter Allen, who nobody in Australia has ever heard of, because he basically was Australian but lived in America, incidentally was married to Lisa Minnelli. The original ad lyrics said, from New York to Rio and old London town. Mm. The issue at, the, at that time was, and they still don't, Qantas don't fly to Rio de Janeiro. See? So they took the iconic... Peter Allen song, I still call Australia Which nobody knew. And changed it, yes, to from New York to Rome and old London town. There you go. That's how um, that's how they treated the iconic song. Do you know what it'll be changed to today? From New York to Rome, twice a day, three times a week. To Carrata Town. Yeah. Uh, the ad was created at Singleton, Ogilvy and Mather with John Singleton as the creative director. Copyright was Paul Duane. Creative director slash art director was Ant Larkham, and the agency producer was a guy called George Sarda. Here's why it got made. The CEO of Qantas was watching the telly, Norman Nomates, on New Year's Eve and saw the Australian National Boys Choir 
singing. You know that the kind of crap that they put on on New Year's Eve just mm-hmm. after the fireworks. Apparently, they had the boys' choir, and he had, a, and it came to him in a flash. The Australian choir singing all over the world. The next day, New Year's Day, he called John Singleton and said, "We're going to make this ad." And John Singleton went, "It's going to cost you." And he went, "I don't care." The we're flights going, will be a lot. We're going to make the yeah, yeah, get, <laughs> flights yeah. will be a packet. <laughs> um, I, I've got this idea. I'd like to get a hundred Catholic boys all together on a trip around the world. <laughs> Can you tell me, John? Is this the way to do it? <laughs> we can have them fucking singing whatever you want, but all you must be do, uh, do in, you know in the middle of the bush. No, no, stop! I can feel another fucking Enya. <laughs> Yeah. Any complaint coming on now? <laughs> Caricaturing all Irish people as pedophiles. I mean, what he was doing his flight. No, he was put his flight lesson. Said, uh, "Hello, Qantas QF seventy-seven. This is uh, Perth Airport. Please state your height and position." Ah, well, I'm about six foot, and I'm sitting in the front. Sorry, Qantas has been screened by on the inside. Are you done? Are you done? Yeah, sorry. Okay, so. Literally, Qantas CEO Jeff Dixon, it was his idea. Oh, Jeff Dixon. Yep. And, oh, it wasn't. And Singo went, yeah, it's going to be expensive. And Jeff Dixon went, yeah, fuck it, I don't care. I'm the ad is considered to be the most expensive Australian advert ever made. In 1998, it cost $3 million US. What? Which is just under $4 million at current exchange rates. If you adjust it for inflation, it comes out at $6.5 million today. Those flights. There's always that thing where the client comes up with the ad idea, so it's a brilliant idea. In 2010, John Singleton went back to Jeff Dixon and went, what we should do is remake that ad. What we should do is remake that ad. Jeff, what do you reckon? And Jeff went, fucking hell, that's my idea. I can't really turn it down, can I? So they remade it at a cost of $10 million in 2010, which adjusted for inflation is about $14 million. So I can imagine it would be a lot of... Money because that- John Singleton has got a lot of racehorses. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would imagine, and I think he owns Hayman Island. Hayman. Oh, he, he owns one of the fucking islands in the Whitsun. Does he? Yeah. Where where you have to? That's why. That's why I said you got an island. I had better do me at it. <laughs> so, um, probably I can see it costing a lot because you're taking probably what fifty kids. Is it around? You got insurance. You got the parents, the keepers, the handlers. Um, the that, whole the whole choir thing. Like I got it. Sorry to interrupt you. The whole choir thing's lovely. So the people, the kids singing the song, yeah, are not the kids who appeared in the ad. So no, yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, they're all from the set. They are from the choir. So the kids singing the song in the advert are from the choir. The ones who appear in the visual are the choir. But apparently they had like a they got rid of all the monitors. <laughs> And we do apologise to anyone whose child was related to this and you found it on Google. Um, well, no, you know, sometimes you've got a good face for singing. It's so the it's, most advertising thing of it. It's like, don't worry, you'll be singing in the ad. Everyone's going to know it's your voice. Jeremy. Oh, I don't know. My oh. voice has changed now. That's probably what's happened. Jeremy, Jeremy, can you just... Um, just move to the left you, a bit. Yeah. If you go and stand in that, in that... Yes, over there, just over there, yes. A lot of people aren't going to be... So the stereo's about that. We've been on the Brooklyn Bridge waiting all morning for the shoot. Anyway, Sorry, Al. We're yep. in Kimberley's. So they got rid of all the monitors. Wow. How I good is that? that? But that's, yeah. Well, yeah, well, we saw the ones that ended up in it. They must have been pretty bad. So you were saying about the, the cost of um, production, which yeah. I can sort of imagine, because everyone had flown 
business or first. You know, it's, it's a big operation. But and pre, there's a lot of helicopter shots in this as well, isn't there? Pre, yeah, but you know, today we would have done it blue screen, still done the chopper or drone shots, but just blue screen the little fucks rather than having to take them around. Yep. I kind of missed the days when you had to get a chopper to get in the air. Yeah, he's dead now. Chopper. He's probably had most of those shows to happen. So you, you notice I will make fun of international, like, world-leading presidents, prime ministers. Chopper's name, silence. Chopper. Um, Chopper's a ledge. Um, brought to life by Eric Banner. That's right. Eric Banner's good as well. Uh, Qantas. Okay, so I'd written here, Qantas has never been one for abstract concepts in its advertising. This advert unashamedly positioned itself as the national airline of Australia despite it not actually being the National Airline of Australia. What is the National Airline of Australia? Well, I mean, the the idea of a national airline is, do you remember British Airways used to be the National Airways, National Airline of the UK before it was privatised mm. because it belonged to the government. Mm. Qantas, Qantas hasn't, since 1995, had been privatised and Jeff Dixon. I suppose they can call themselves, yeah, Australia's favourite airline, whatever it may be. Mm. But do you know what Qantas actually stands for? Yes, do I do. Yes, I then. do, because I researched it. Oh, well, no. It stands for the Queensland and Northern Territory aerial service yes it does sorry just on, on it being the Super Bowl ad I'd like to know if how many routes they have to the US how that possibly improved their business and what the what the improvement was if, if any and what a waste of fucking money the most expensive airtime in the world let's put a Qantas ad on that's what I say. I don't know what the ad's about. I don't know what it's for. I don't know who it's for. Well, it's not, not promoting the new economy legs room, is it? It's no. not promoting the plastic forks no. you get. It's not promoting the old, no. I shouldn't say the old bag. I mean, it's obviously a brand ad, but as you as you said, you know, the re- the relationship between if, if ANSA, I'll go and look it up. If ANSAT was still in operation, you can look it up now. But the relationship between ANSET and Qantas was obviously ANSET was internal only. So ANSET offered competition for domestic flights so it's kind of you know if they were trying to put themselves ahead of, of ANSET it's very much a sledgehammer to crack a walnut ANSET was their competition but only domestically if you had I mean obviously their competition is non-domestic carriers so British Airways Singapore Airlines this is appeal to every Australian it's a reflection on national identity. It's un-Australian to fly any other airline except Qantas. Would you agree? What, based on this ad? It's fucking, that is, that's as simple as it gets, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's basically saying, yeah, you're not Australian. It's like um, Bob Hawks, if you don't give your employees a day off today, you're not Australian, or if you don't drink a beer. Yeah. So you don't fly Qantas, which, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind that um, sort of jingoistic approach as long as you've got the goods to back it up. But there's nothing about the airline that they promote because there's nothing they can promote. As I say, what are they going to say? More room in the economy, better food? Nothing, because there's nothing better. I mean, basically, the ad's saying you have to fly Qantas because we're, the, we're an Australian airline and you're Australian. Yeah. And it's the most Australian thing that you can do. Absolutely. Because we're all Australian. The Whatever the bits that are shown of Australia are all rural locations. Mm-hmm. So there's no, from memory, there's no Australian city show, um, no. which is part of that national identity bullshit that we have going on in Australia. Well, that's the problem, yeah. We're all adventurers. We're all pioneers. We're all living in the also bush under to, palm trees, um, playing footy. Um, if you showed a city, you'd have to show corporate names or corporate buildings because like, everyone owns a building and that'd be too difficult. Because, you know, well, he's, uh, he's building in Melbourne and not Earth, mm-hmm. you know? 
It'll blow that, wouldn't it? You can't show a city yeah. without showing a, a, a company-owned building. Yeah, 70% of Australia's population live in four cities and um, there weren't any cities shown in that ad. Just to reinforce it, subsequent they did do subsequent, subsequent versions of the ad and they were all launched around what we might loosely call nation-building events. So the ones that come to mind are the 2000 Olympics and the 2004 Rugby World Cup. They were trying to earn Australian. Mm. Did they manage it? No. I think it's one of the only ads that the cutdown is better than the extended version. And even in the extended version, you know, they have all these kids walking down this temple or whatever. They have to do a time lapse on a couple of shots. It was really naff where they'd sort of just skip forward just because the kids walking too slow. So the original was three minutes. They had a two minute cutdown for the Super Bowl one. And then they two used minutes a, on the Super Bowl. And my then they had God. a 60. My, yeah. my issue with it to a certain extent is without the end. So the end frame is uh, 747 mm. with the famous... Qantas livery, which is the uh, the kangaroo, yeah, on the uh, tail. Yeah, remove that one second shot, and it could be for anything, anything Australian, right? It could be um, Telstra, Tourism Australia. It would be better for Telstra. Uh, I still call Australia home. Exactly. Uh, stretch. It could be for Castlemaine Forex with the kids. There's a very long and storied tradition of kids and beer in Australia. Could be for the uh, the Catholic Church. Anything. It's um. <laughs> Yeah, but also, sorry, to go back to the uniform nitpicking it, you know, just oh, bashing this ad for what was essentially a great ad at the time. I think it was a great song. Um, do you remember that ad? I do remember it being on because I remember singing it all the time. I don't remember paying a lot of attention to it. But when I watch it again, you know, as I say, the, the, I think the kids have white robes on and the girls have like this baker's jacket with black pants, which I'm sure isn't their choral attire, which it just seems odd. Again, it's like, why? Yeah, I don't know. Why kids? The future of Australia. I still call Australia home. It would be better if you had a big fat miner with oil all over his face singing part of it, you know, and took him around the world. Or the people actually travel on business rather than a bunch of kids. I was confused looking at the visuals about about whether or not it was supposed to be a tourism ad or a or a bloody. That's ad that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Because the, if you get past the you're Australian, you have to fly the Australian airline, mate, because you're Australian. All right, it's a very kind of sentimental, saccharine. The shots of of Australia are very tourism WA. So that you know, you start ticking stuff off is like bit of desert, boab tree, kids kicking a footy. Apart from the fact, that obviously, that there are no indigenous children, or in in fact, there's no indigenous people at all. In is the there end. not? Um, I think there's a couple of uh, indigenous kids in the in the scene where they're playing footy beneath the boab tree. If you squint really hard, I suppose the the red desert kind of shot hints at some indigenous indigenous culture or link but all that swamped as you said by the repeated close-ups of the whitest nine-year-old girl that they could find and i know that we we're struggling with historical attitudes when we review ads today but that ad look could be for the proud boys it's like now you say the tourism thing that's yeah if if i had to pick it and i reckon i uh, if you pick the man on the street now to say what was his ad for? Was it A, tourism, or B, you know, an airline? Mm. A lot of people say tourism. And I think if you if you remove the end frame and you took away the song, for instance, then it, it gets even harder to pick it, right? Because that song is a very famous – Qantas, I think, made that – the Qantas advertising mm. has made that song famous. But if you took it all away, it's a series of generic shots of – Global cities. It could be for Mastercard, American Express. Yeah, it could be for any of those kind of global financial services companies. It feels incredibly lazy. Well, talking about lazy, did you know they recreated it in In twenty twenty? 
In 2020. In 2020. What, what a um, what a massive. They surprise. Rec- recreated the iconic "I Still Call Australia Home" ad with its partners, the Australian Girls Choir and the Gondwana National Choir. And what they've done is they recreated it with children from the choirs aged eight to eighteen, filming themselves on phones in their own homes with the help of their siblings and parents as they sing the song. And the children in the video are located all over Australia, from Toowoomba to Wollongong to Albany to Adelaide. And then they uh, Qantas engaged the Monkeys, a well-known creative agency, to compile the footage and develop the final version. It's kind of interesting to me. So the title of the podcast, Classic Ads from Simpler Times, there were simpler times. Qantas built a brand on that ad and the subsequent iterations using that song. Regardless of whether or not it is a very good creative ad, regardless of whether or not it represents the indigenous culture of Australia, regardless of you know so many different things, they actually built a brand on that ad and did really, really well. And then the Irish guy, whose name I can't remember, who's uh, I should be able to, Alan... Alan Joyce. Alan Joyce is in the middle of absolutely trashing that brand. Your man, Alan Joyce, has uh, laid off Australian workers. He's out to source their jobs. He's doing the most un-Australian things to the most Australian company. I, I just noticed another thing, actually, which is, to be fair, quite, quite a clever thing. And I don't know whether it is. I'm sure it was intentional. You know, you say it's a bit like tourism and stuff. And, and you're right, when you go through the airport and you see these uh, the, the Qantas signs and that message, you do kind of, like, hum it to yourself. I think for um, quite a long period, inbound oh. Qantas flights to Australia played, I still call Australia home, shortly before landing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, uh, which from an integrated brand point of view, is fantastic, leveraging the adverts. The problem is that nobody hums, I'll still call Australia home, whilst eating a plate of dried dog turds or whatever it is that they're serving up for food these days, oh. and whilst some harpy is telling you that you can't have a blanket. Okay, I think we've uh, comprehensively shat all over that one. Yeah, I don't um, like criticising ads so badly, you know, when they no, spend so and, much money, again, but fuck them. Looking at it with a critical eye, the absolute lack of Indigenous faces really annoyed me. You know, that, that ad is basically appealing to the the collective Australian consciousness um, at the moment, when you look at it, it looks like a theme park, yeah. um, which is not how I feel about this country. I do, I love this country. I've lived here for nearly 30 years, but Pontus is not the arbiter of my feelings on the national, on any ideas of national identity. No, so there's zero Asian faces in that. All no, blonde no, hair. No Asians. No black Italian, people. Italian, no indigenous. Um, no looking um, young people. But no, yeah. nothing. And this is 1998. It's not that long ago. It's not, you know, we're not making excuses, Rod Allen style excuses. Nobody pitched that wearing, you know, a white suit and, and played the theme tune on a white grand piano. But even in the remake, you know, where they rang in, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve kids. I can see one has possibly got an Asian background. The rest are mousy brown hair, blonde hair. There's um, one Asian girl playing the violin, of course. Um, (laughs) What was it, right? There is... um, We're trying to define classic... (laughs) Simpler times as times when it was acceptable to be racist. Well, I mean, is it racist? But in the, these days, I think it's a little bit... It's, well, it's not racist. It just doesn't cover the Australian um, diverse range. Well, does maybe, it? You know, maybe it covers the bloody target audience that Qantas think they're after. But again, what, kids? Yeah. Right, I'm starting to get annoyed now. All right. uh, give me some points for the brand. Mm, 2.1. I suspect that John Singleton would point to 
I couldn't find any any uh, stats about sales and stuff like that. Well, but, it's funny uh, that, isn't it? Because all successful ads, you normally can. Yeah, and I suspect that John Singleton would say that that ad or his his agency's part in that ad created one of the iconic Australian brands. And I think I would I probably mm. agree with him. But that ad itself, mm. remove the single second of, and I'm reiterating the point we made, take, take, take away that, and it, and mm. it could have been made yesterday, mm. Fucking Mastercard or Amex. Today it's great for social distancing because everyone's standing perfectly apart. Um, is there any craft in that app time? Oh, there it is, but yeah, crafty more like. Um, I think for craftiness, I think there's a two point five. It's cinematic, isn't it? In its execution, well, it is, but, um, yes, but there's much better. Shot. I mean, you look at the shots. There's. I don't think the direction is is particularly great. There's, like I said, about the guys on the horseback. Just there's not a great. No, you know what? Fuck it. There's 1.9. <laughs> Thinking about it too much. Okay, talk to me about the cast. Which one? I don't know. Um, the, well, they're irritating little kids. Too. Okay, so Jeff Dixon calls up Singer and says, we're going to put this choir in it. Stroke of genius or lazy, client-led, non-creative thinking? Lazy, client-led, non-creative thinking who look, is looking for some redemption, I reckon, because he's done something now. Okay, so your, your scores on the doors for cast would be? One. One. Uh, creativity. How creative is this ad? How creative is the thought behind the ad? Well, it's half as creative as the other, so 2.3. 2.3. I tell you what I'm noticing a lot. There's a very, very common thread through all of these big ads that we look at, the great ads we all remember, is it's an amazing coincidence that the client always comes up with the idea <laughs> for every single one, nearly. I mean, there's a lot of great ads out there, and I've done some good ads, I've done some bad ads, done some really bad ads. And it's amazing. And all the good ones are clients. It always is the one that came up with the idea. Well, I was watching television and I thought, oh, that should be good. You know? <laughs> it's like the Hovis guy, isn't it? Do you remember the Hovis guy? What I said to them was, let's not worry about selling bread. Let's make something iconic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, how did you come up with this idea? Then? Well, I was sitting home on New Year's Eve and I saw the, saw the choir. Were you? You weren't actually at some corporate do, like getting you know, sloshed <laughs> yes, and, and yeah. probably, well, I was actually, but don't tell the missus. No. Right? But it's like every, all the clients always have a great idea. If it's terrible, terrible ad we must disassociate ourselves from this piece of communication it was a mistake yes. I, I said to, I said to Tom Cunts don't shoot it wide angle Tom and of course he just went ahead and did it <laughs> yes right I had this idea I said let's run on the Super Bowl my media people thought it was a brilliant idea so I had to go to the Super Bowl for three years on the road VIP tickets to check out the audience did you ever meet uh, John Singleton no I would have loved to meet him because he is an iconic Australian ad man, isn't he? Mm. But I, I could see him. I can see, You can almost hear the telephone call cutting you on New Year's Day. So Singer has gone out and got absolutely fucked up. Mm. Jeff Dixon is the most boring man in the world and, and he stayed home, Norman Nomates, with, with Mrs. Dixon. Singo wakes up, is woken up by a telephone call on New Year's Day with the world's best hangover. And Jeff Dixon goes, hey, mate, we're going to fucking bin Four million dollars on an ad. We're going to New York, sing out. What a great thing it would be for the suits to say, oh, you know, when, when they go back and they present it to, to Dixon and his, and his bods. Je- Jeff, is this on brand? I think it's interesting that it is common knowledge that it was Jeff Dixon's idea. So mm. you can kind of see Singo doing every interview. He's like interviewed by Adweek and the drum and, you know, campaign brief and all that shit. He's going, yeah, yeah, Jeff Dixon called me up and told me. Yeah, to do idea. Set. Well, it's brilliant. Well, um, yeah, we produced it. Yeah. 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 All right. Is it on brand, John? At uh, 7.3 that came in, I'm, I need to double-check previous scores, but I think that might be the lowest score ever. Well, you know, some ideas just don't take off. Mm. That's pretty good, actually. 
The previous lowest score from Tones for a reviewed ad was the 10.8 given in episode 11 to the Hovis Boy in a Bike advert. So we have now apparently plunged to new depths and the Australians are in the gold medal position for shit ads. I really enjoyed that. That was good. I, I get exponentially more um, enjoyment out of shitting all over an old ad than I do out of enjoying an old ad. Well, I love, I, I, you do the research on this normally, but I've enjoyed, because um, very rarely will I ever click on a link of the national um Who are still pushing their relationship with Qantas, aren't they? Proud to be involved. Yeah, he saw them singing by Carols by Candlelight, Christmas Eve, 1997, the rest, as they say... It's history. So they went to Argentina, China, England, France, Greece, Hong Kong, Italy, Japan, Mexico, New Zealand, Tanzania. Fucking brilliant. Thailand, yeah. USA, how good, how good and of course, travel thousands of kilometres around Australia. How good is that? To the Bungle Bungles. <laughs> by the time you, if you were the suit on that job, or the creative director, or anybody involved, by the time you, you got back to Australia and you're doing the uh, kids playing footy under the Boab tree, you'd be just sat there going, oh, for fuck's sake, when's this going to end? Okay, 7.3. For um, Australia's favourite ad for the Proud Boys. Yeah. Well, there we go. More agreement from Tones and myself on what constitutes a rubbish ad. I hope you enjoyed it enough to give us a review. Even one star would help top up the reservoir of need that currently defines us. Anyway, thanks for listening, pod peeps. We'd love to know what your favourite ads are. So if you can be asked, drop us a line to steve at welcometoepic.com and we'll do a review for you. In the meantime, some of you may be wondering, how will you ever know if someone you've met is a creative director at an advertising agency? Easy peasy. Just wait a couple of minutes and they'll tell you. Ta-ra for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.